Welcome to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. Welcome to another edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I am Pastor Vince Haney from Rama Word of Faith, the Word Church. We're going to talk today about race relations. You know, I guess Ferguson is on everybody's mind. And we talked about this very shortly, I don't know, three or four weeks ago when it all kind of started. But we're going to delve into it a little more deeply, I think, this week. And just talk about race relations. Just talk about what happened there in Ferguson. Just talk about how people see the world differently and some of it doesn't have anything to do with race some of it's just socioeconomic some of it is did you grow up in a suburb and some of us did you grow up in the inner city so i think there's some of that that goes on beyond just all of the race part of it and then we're going to take it just to um more spiritual part of it but we're going to start out just most of you probably who are listening know i'm white my background is um chico Northern California, lived in a suburb, uh, in fact, lived in the country when I was a kid where my mom and dad still live, um, was out in the country. We had horses, we had pigs, we had cows, we rode our bikes all over. We had a little dirt bike, motorcycle that we rode all over. And so it was out in the country. And that was my background and most of you know that Vince is black and Vince is growing up. He didn't live in a suburb, and and his his growing up was a little different. So I'll let him speak for himself. But we we kind of can sometimes come at things from a different perspective, a different direction. Now, what we have in common that overrides all of those things is Jesus Christ. Amen. But we see things a little bit different. We don't agree about every single thing there is. I'm a Democrat. He's a Republican. Yeah. Or, or may, maybe <laughs> I'm a Christian crat. We both are that. Yeah, I'm a Christian so, crat. So we don't always see eye to eye about everything. And so it is kind of interesting to get a perspective from somebody that's a little different than your own. And so we're going to talk about this. And and one of the reasons why we wanted to is when you watch CNN or Fox or MSNBC or any of them, CBS, NBC, ABC, they boil it all down to a 30-second soundbite. And it doesn't matter if it's this subject or politics or whatever it is. They, they only have a very short amount of time. So they boil everything down to just little bitty sound bites. And nobody ever really gets a chance to say everything they want to say. The beauty of the format that Vince and I have on this show is that we get a chance to say everything we want to say. It's not going to have to be boiled down to a 30-second soundbite. And so we're going to talk about this issue a little bit. My background, once again, I'm, I'm white. I grew up in the suburbs. I grew up in Chico. I grew up in a place where my parents taught me that if you have problems with something, you get the police. If you're if you're lost, <laughs> call the police. If you know if you if you need help, you you see a policeman, call the police. They're there to help. They're they're there for you. And I will let Vince talk about his growing up because it was just a little bit different than well, that. Well, it was a whole is that three hundred and sixty? Because my parents never yeah one eighty then. <laughs> my parents never we never had that conversation about if something happens, call the cops because. You know, growing up in the inner city of Chicago, 
again, I was telling you for the broadcast, my experience with police was a little different than yours, a lot different. You know, we would be walking down the street as teenagers, and, and the police would just pull us over. They, we'd walk, and they'd pull over and have us come and bow down to them and, and just jump us or something. I remember one time uh, the police just, we were sitting, we were just sitting on a step on a porch. That's what they do in the inner cities. We're sitting on the porch, and the police pulled over park and told us to come here. They didn't even ask, you know, about, hey, let's get your parents before we question you or anything like that. And they put us in the backseat of the car, and they started questioning us. And how about, old are you then? Probably about 13. They put us in the backseat of the car, and they started questioning us about some guys, older guys in the neighborhood had been what they call hitting trucks when a big freight truck drive by. One guy would walk in front of it while the other guy's in the back busting the seal. <laughs> taking all the goods out of it. It was just something they did all the time. It wasn't us. We were teenagers. It was older guys in the neighborhood that were doing it. And so they were questioning us about it. And uh, we were telling them, you know, we don't know anything about that. And all of a sudden, the police just hauled off and just slapped me, pop, and, and just for nothing. And I'll never forget that. And I think that, you know, just put a bitter taste in my mouth. Concerning See, now, now it's probably important for people to know. Growing up like I did, now we there wasn't anywhere for us to be sitting. We were out in the country, so we never saw that. I never had much contact with law enforcement, you know, to be driving around our neighborhood, period. But there are probably a lot of people who grew up around this area who, when they hear that, really find it hard to believe. Oh, yeah. it's, just, it's just not their experience at all. And, and that for you, that was kind of regular? Right, that was regular. And I'm going to say this, too, especially in the inner cities, it's not just white cops. That happened to be a couple of white cops at the time. They were detectives, too. So, you know, detectives usually work a case. So it was two white detectives. But we knew growing up in the inner cities, and everybody do, even black policemen will give you a beat down. Yeah. So it is no, there are no respect to a person. Black police will give you the same beat down. Hispanic police will give you the same beat down. So when you hear Ferguson saying that they're going to really work to get more black police officers for their police department you don't think that'll make a difference well i think it'll it'll make a difference because you know if you got people that are just straight racist too and their attitudes towards you know non-white people is a little different i, I think it'll make a difference but at the same time i believe us as people again i was saying before the broadcast i see things now through the lenses of a kingdom perspective and i know we all need to be transformed by the renewing of our mind we call ourselves a christian nation I believe we should start acting like a Christian nation. I was telling somebody the other day, you know, Jesus, God's desire is that his kingdom from heaven, which he refers to as the kingdom of God, would just dominate the earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I was just saying yesterday in our service, I was like, well, I wonder if anybody rioting in heaven. <laughs> I wonder if there's some racism. Right. Nobody up there. got all excited yeah. about this. Right. I wonder if, if, if people are hating on each other in heaven. And, and I, I doubt it. I wonder if, you know, people, you know, striving with one another, striving with one another and having beef with one another in heaven. And, and I believe that's it's not because we just talked about before the broadcast when the soldiers came to get Jesus and Peter. We, I asked you, what did Peter do? And you said, well, Peter took out his sword. <laughs> well, Peter was going to start a riot up in there. And Jesus was like, uh-uh, Peter. And Jesus healed the guy's ear, put it back on. <laughs> so, uh, again, that's how we should be responding. Again, I'm going to use the word respond instead of react to, to 
situations and circumstances as a Christian nation. Because we keep saying we're a Christian nation, and I keep saying we're not. I keep saying we're a nation with well, Christians in it. Well, I, I, I run afoul of a lot of other pastors all the time because I've always maintained that we are not a Christian nation in that sense. We right. have a lot of, like you say, a lot of Christians live in America, right? but we're not a Christian nation in the sense that the government is based wholly on Christian principles and only does what a Christian would do. Right. I mean, our, our <laughs> government does all kinds of stuff that's in its own best interest. But, you know, you, you mentioned about renewing the mind. This is why it's so important to renew our mind. And I, I even see kind of my mind being renewed in the sense that I used to always think the cops were always right. Really? I just assumed, yeah. <laughs> no, seriously. Because of my background, I never had any... Um, Adverse experience. With I never negative really had experience. any experience with police in the sense that, like I say, we lived out north of town. We lived out in what was really the country. There weren't cops around. I mean, we were just out there in the fields doing our thing, riding our bike or our horse or our motorcycle or whatever. And, and I probably never had any experience personally with law enforcement till I'm like 20 years old and I'm speeding and I certainly deserve the ticket they gave me. So I couldn't make a beef about about what they they did. And so my, I, I, and I think there are still a lot of people like this. If the police say something, then they just tend to believe them that, that the police wouldn't lie, that the police wouldn't do any of those. And so I think in some ways, as your mind is renewed, even from that perspective, you start to realize, you know, police are just like anybody and maybe they aren't always right. And maybe right. they don't. And, always and I just had right. this issue. My daughter got a speeding ticket about a month or so ago. And she said, you know, I'm going to fight it. And I know my daughter coming down the hill from paradise and there's no need to be on the gas pedal. You're going down the hill. <laughs> and I tell her that. And we know the highway patrol is always on that road. I tell my kids, Hey, don't be speeding. Just let the car coast down the hill, break every now and then highway patrol is always there. I let them know. So, all of a sudden, she gets a ticket, and she says she got a ticket for speeding. She's like, Dad, but I wasn't speeding at all. So she says she's going to find it. So she fights it. She goes to court, and just like you said, the judge sided with the officer. He said, well, if he said you were speeding, you were speeding. And again, now, this is a 19-year-old, 18-year-old. Now, again, now, what's her impression of the judicial system and law enforcement? Well, it's she unfair. knew. Right, it's unfair. And again, a lot of people of color... That's their perception or experience with law enforcement and the judicial system, that it's unfair. And again, as a Christian nation, as us advancing the kingdom, we need to just do things fair. I tell people all the time, the gospel, justice is a part of the gospel. And again, I see things now from a totally di different perspective. But I do have my past experiences. Well, see, and that's what we're talking about. We're coming on the air. How... You before your mind was renewed, you might have been saying, what? Go get them? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd been saying, and again, there's a part in me was like, yeah, burn, baby, burn. <laughs> but again, that's that, that flesh that wants to rise up. That old man, that old nature Paul talked about in Romans, that wants to rise up. And again, the scripture says, crucify the flesh with its lustful desires and passions. So when the enemy's trying, and again, that's the enemy, the demonic one trying to influence you to do his will. Just like with Peter slashing off the ear of the soldier, that wasn't the Lord's will. And I'm pretty sure the Lord, the spirit of the Lord <laughs> tell him to do that. It was another spirit that influenced him to do that. And Jesus made the correction and told him, uh -uh, we don't do this. We don't get down like this in the kingdom. 
That ain't how we roll. Let me heal this guy real quick. So that old sin nature part of us likes to rise up, but we got to crucify it daily. And and I always, I just, this is sounds corny, but it's still true. What would Jesus do? I think that's what we need to ask ourselves when we, in, in our daily lives, when dealing with others. You know, what would Jesus do? If he pulled you over, you know, if you, the incident in Ferguson, if that was Jesus as the cop. <laughs> There's a show on TV called Black Jesus, too. It's really funny. But, uh, yeah. What would Jesus do? You know, would he do that? Well, you know, and I was just thinking about if I was a cop, what I would have done if that, if what happened, what the officer said happened, happened, what would I have done? You know, I'd have hit him with a taser, hit him with my stick or something. You know, I think, you know, officers and who knows what was going on with the officer, too. We don't know what his day was previous to that. Well, see, what's kind of interesting to me about this whole thing is almost everybody's got an opinion who is right and wrong. Nobody really knows what happened. Right. I mean, that it all goes back to, to where nobody really knows what happened. But part of what we're talking about here is perception and, and perspective. And it's always interesting to me. Um, you know, we were talking before we went on there again about that picture of the officer in Portland that's hugging the young boy. Right, right. And I and posted it on We Facebook. need a whole lot more of that. That's what we need. We don't need the officer clubbing the kid or the right. kid throwing something at the officer. What we need is people coming together. And again, it's going to take us, you know what, getting out of our comfort zone, out of what's familiar. Didn't and, you get and an get email from it. somebody or text or somebody? Well, I, I posted that photo on Facebook about a, a peace vigil that was taking place downtown. I used that photo to talk about this peace vigil that was taken on the taking place downtown, I put the post picture with it. And, and a, a brother in Christ from uh, just a brother in Christ had something negative to say about it. You know, he said, you know what? He, he mentioned all the negative stuff about Ferguson. And he said something about, you know, a police officer has no business hugging that kid. You know, he should lose his job for that. And I was just like, wow, for a Christian to say this and all that let me know is what his mind wasn't renewed. Cause again, and again, Past experiences. That's what develops our belief system. His past experience probably with the cops was a good one. But not understanding most people of color, I'm serious, their experience unless, and again, some black people's experience has been different if they, you know, grew up in Beverly Hills <laughs> or in an affluent community. And, and you told your story about that. Uh, what was your story you told about in, uh, where were you at? Oh, in Arizona. Yeah, in Arizona. Tell that story. So so I'm in Arizona and I and I'm visiting my sister, and I was just walking around in the neighborhood. And then I there's some state land that's not too far, and so I kind of walked out into it a little ways. And obviously, some neighbor who'd never seen me or whatever sees some strange guy in the neighborhood, calls the cops. And I'm sitting out there and I'm just looking for coyotes. There's a bunch of coyotes in the neighborhood, and so I was just looking around. And all of a sudden, I see this cop go drive out in the desert past me. And he's driving around out there, and I'm watching this, like, what in the world is this dude doing? Finally, it dawns on me, and I don't know how. I realize, I think he's probably looking for me. So I just start walking back to the road, and he sees me, and he comes zipping up beside me, and he sees me. Now, I'm dressed like I belong in the neighborhood. I look like I belong. This is an upscale neighborhood. My sister doesn't live in a slum. Um, and so, But I look like I belong there. So he he says to me, you seen anything suspicious? <laughs> and, I, and now when I was younger and I was a little more of a smart aleck, I probably would have said, only you. Yeah, <laughs> I right. guess. 
<laughs> what are you driving around out in the desert for like like you're doing? But I said, no, I haven't seen nothing. He goes, okay, I'll see you later. And he drives off. And I thought about that later. And I had a feeling that if I had not looked like I belonged there, I probably would have heard more than have you heard anything suspicious. Right, right. And so there is some truth to the idea that how you look depends on how you're People perceived. perceived. And again, with, with, I'm going to say with police officers, like I stated earlier, even black police officers in an inner city will give you a beat down too. So, and again, it could be the culture of that, those agencies, those organizations. And people's, again, their past experiences, how they view themselves. And, and, and most cops, I believe, are trained to view uh, people as a criminal. First. Well, I think, I don't know that they're <laughs> trained to, but I think if you only deal with criminals, right. you start to see everybody's a criminal. Right, right, right. right. I mean, because again, I, I, I live in Chico and I, I, I do business with Ramsey. I'm in part of organizations that. Work with him and other law enforcement. Love Chapman Town. Well, well, I just do a lot of stuff. NAACP and ACLU, Peace and Justice Center. I'm involved with a lot of organizations that have to uh, interact with the law enforcement. And, and we get along just fine. And I always let them know, you know, we're not here to, to point the finger at you to come down on you. We're here to work together to find a solution to a problem. Because we don't want what's happening in big cities to happen here in Butte County. So we're working at it, on it. And even Corey, the sheriff, just when that or incident happened in Oroville about a month ago, he was quick to call the president of the Butte County chapter at the NAACP and say, hey, blah, 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 this is what happened. We're on it. So bec that's because we have these working relationships with law enforcement. And again, it's still a blessing to live in this region in Chico because we're small. That way we can still communicate with one another. And we have organizations out there like the Human Relations Network who meets every first Monday at 3 o'clock at the Peace and Justice Center. I'll be there. <laughs> but, uh, but we work together. Ramsey's there. Uh, a representative from the police department, Trossel, may be there. Or he'll send a rep. Somebody from the sheriff's officer. Sheriff's officer will be there. And we just talk about issues that's happening in the community, complaints and stuff. We put together what's come with the Chico Police and the sheriff's office, the, uh, the uh, complaint and um, recommendation form. So if you have a complaint or you want to acknowledge or give some an officer a recommendation, there's a form for that. So we did that working with the with law enforcement, with Ramsey and all the other sheriffs and the police. And it's going all throughout the county. They've adopted that procedure or that form. So anyway. So, so for you, it's kind of the stereotypical, almost like a joke thing, you know, all black people look alike. Do you find your own experience that that's kind of true? No, I think all white people look alike. No, but no, I mean no. that people perceive that. Is that just a joke or is that like what, reality? The, the people what? That, that all black people look alike. You know, that's a joke, Richard. Well, some people do because I've said that before. I thought a white person was somebody else. And I've said that to them and to myself. Oh, you guys look alike. I guess we all do to some extent. <laughs> Again. And, and I've had people come to me as a black person to say, thought I was somebody else. And then I'll jokingly say it again, because my mind's renewed. I can joke and have fun with situations. And I'll say, yeah, because we all look alike, right? <laughs> I'll joke with them. But they were serious. They thought I was somebody else. So, and I've done it with white people. So, again, 
it's about not getting offended too, Richard. Well, so we, we you know, and, and I guess that's the thing is that we're so easily offended in right. our society nowadays. Right. I mean, it, it just, and it doesn't matter if you're black, white, or whatever. I mean, we're just so easily offended. Almost everything seems to offend somebody at some point. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. There, there's just got to be a whole lot more love shown to people. Now, we were talking before we went on the air, and, and you know, we got a few more minutes here today, and so we'll talk about this, and then we'll move on, you know, to the spiritual aspects of all this. But it's amazing to me, and I saw again, uh, I think it was on CNN, this woman whose bakery had been burned. She owned a bakery and it was kind of like her life's thing. Right. And it had been burned down and she was a a black woman. And it is always amazing to me how in these riots, the people tend to burn up their own community. It just makes no sense to me. If if you went to some like gated community and storm the gates and burn down somebody else's neighborhood, Okay, but they don't have just, transportation for that. <laughs> I mean, it's just weird to me Brown that you would burn up. I saw, you know, in the Rodney King thing down there in Los Angeles, people would burn up the only grocery store in their neighborhood. It's like, we'll show them, we'll burn up our only grocery store. It just makes but, no but sense. But now, at to the me. same time, it would the, the, the mindset wasn't we'll burn up our own grocery store because it wasn't black owned. Some of them were. Well, well yeah, but most of them. And and again, I when I left Chicago as a senior in high school, I came to California to Compton. So again, now I got a coast to coast experience with law enforcement. And guess what I found out? That the law enforcement's attitude was the same in California. <laughs> it, it hadn't changed from Chicago. Right, it hadn't changed. And this was in the eighties. I came out here in nineteen eighty two. Well, Chicago, Compton, they both start with a C. Yeah, yeah, but still California. <laughs> but but it was the same and they they warned me when I got there, watch out for the Firestone sheriffs in, in, here in Compton. And I, they should say Firestone. I, I thought Firestone was a tire. <laughs> right. But they was well, like, no. I too when you just said no, it. No, that's the division of the sheriff's department, Los Angeles Sheriff's Department. And they were notoriously known for giving you a beatdown, giving blacks and Mexicans a beatdown. So they, when I got there, of course, they got to brief me. For real. You're not just making this up. No, I'm not making this up. That was, I, Google them, Firestone. It, it was and it was the area in the hood of Compton between it was between Compton and Watts. Firestone. See, this is just not the experience of most white people. No, no, no. And, and everybody knew when the Firestone sheriffs from that division pull you over, you can get ready for it. You're gonna get a beat down. Chris Rock just did something the other day on Facebook. I didn't share it because he used some profanity. He was talking about you know ten things you can do as a black person to keep from getting beat down by the cops. And a lot of it was true. <laughs> I didn't want to share it because it had profanity in it. But again, that's what happens in inner cities. And again, most white people, you know, unless you're a thug or dressed like a thug, the way these youngsters dress now, they don't have that experience. And, and white people that are from that, you know, that particular culture, they've had that experience. Because again, I think there's a lot of uh, components to it. I think, as you know, it, it's their upbringing. It's the organizations, and it's how they perceive the public. I think that, you know, and again, within the organization, I think they talk about that. You know, you know, yeah, I did this to so-and-so. You should have seen me do this to this guy or whatever. I think it's, you know, it's tolerated. And again, most recently, I told you my experience in Chico. I had a trespasser a couple years ago come to my house. I called the police that I had a trespasser on my property. 
Uh, they said they sent an officer out and two officers, two white officers showed up. By that time, the trespasser had backed off of my property and parked on the street. So I seen the officers pull up. I walked towards the officers. One of them was talking to the trespasser who was sitting out on the street by this time. He got off my property. So one officer talked to him and it was two cars. And then the other one came to start talking to me. And the first thing he asked me, he didn't ask me why I call, what's the problem. The first thing he asked me, was I still on parole? And I said, what? I never been on parole. He said, well, you're a felon, right? No, I never been to prison. So again, but you're black, so you must have been a felon right, on parole. Right, <laughs> so that was his perception. He profiled me. Okay, this guy's black, so this must be the deal. And again, he didn't know that I, at the time I had a relationship with the chief of police here in Chico. And I just called him and told him what happened. And then we talked about it. I met down at the station and we talked about it. And I, you know, again, I operated out of love on that one. What would Jesus do? I didn't say, yeah, let's get him. Let's, let's get him fired. You know, I forgave him after, you know, his superiors talked to him about the issue. Because I told him, no, I'm not a, a felon. Never been to prison. I am parole, but I pastor a church here in Chico. Uh, I'm a part of the, the Butte County chapter of the NAACP. I do work with the ACLU. I love Chapman Town. I was telling them all the stuff that I'm involved in. And I'm like, and he told me, well, he, he got this report on his way there. I'm like, wow, you got this report. So on the way to, the, to my house, he said that's what came through the <laughs> Watch out for this guy, <laughs> armed and dangerous. And I'm like, well, you didn't get the truth about me. Obviously, I don't know where you got this information. Again, I don't know if he made that up, but he said that's the report he got. So he was being a little cautious. I'm like, but it, it still shouldn't have mattered if I was a felon or on parole. If I called you, you still should attend to my. Right. Because remember, we were taught the police are there to protect and serve. <laughs> well, again. Here in Chico, that wasn't my experience. And that was just two years ago. See, and, I, and nothing like that's ever even come close to happening. See, to if you would have called the cops, they never said, and I'm pretty sure, have you ever called the cops? Actually, I did last night. <laughs> <laughs> did they actually, well, did they, they never saw you because you didn't come out. <laughs> you it was never the middle of the night. My neighbors were having a beef. But, yeah, but they didn't ask you all that stuff. You know, are you a felon? You're still on parole. But that's how they perceive certain people. And I'm just saying, us as a people, we, we have to stop that. You know, we're out of time, but uh, again, we're definitely not out of faith. And we're going to continue this conversation tomorrow. So uh, we just want to remind you as you go through this week, keep walking by faith. this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you would consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. Please join us again next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.